Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondrea, co founders of the Brownie Studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand led business. Welcome to episode number eight, guys, of Brand Led. And today you're in for a treat because we're going to be discussing brand personality. We're going to be talking about what it is and how you can use it to attract the right people to your business. Yes. And we've actually split this episode into two parts because we wanted to keep them pretty bite-sized mm. and we have quite a bit to unpack. So this is going to be part one of a two-part series. I one suppose. of two, yes. Yes. Um, Personally, I love brand personality. I generally like personality quizzes and things. Just, you do? <laughs> just in general. Um, but when it comes to brand personality, I hope you all find it interesting too. Um, so let's get stuck into the app today. Yeah. So let, let's just start off by talking about what is brand personality. What do you think, Liz? Yeah. So I suppose uh, one of our big goals with branding is to connect with our audience. Uh, we know that you know people connect with people, not corporations. We also know that as soon as we personify anything, we're more likely to develop an emotional connection with that thing. Yeah. Um, so we do this all the time with our pets. You know, we say, oh, you know, um, my dog's so brave or my dog's so like cheeky or whatever, right? Yeah. So you're really personifying something that… We do it with uh, new cars and boats, those sorts of things too. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, of course, brands, which we're going to be talking about today. Yes. So personality is just a set of human attributes that we associate with a brand. And a brand's personality really influences, you know, how they speak and how they act and what they look like, just like how we express our own personalities. Yeah. And this is a really critical step of the overall branding process because, you know, as a designer, I'm often heavily influenced by these personality attributes and they really influence me when I'm choosing my color, fonts and creating logos. And the same would go for you, Lisa, when you're creating brand messaging. Yeah. Um, it's also really important in attracting the right people to your brand. Um, so I'll give you a quick example. If you take a look at a brand like um, like REI or Jeep or Kathmandu, mm. what do you think of when you think of those brands? Is that a question for me? Yeah. Or rhetorical? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say, you know, Jeep, Adventure, Outdoors, Kathmandu, same sort of thing, Escape, Travel, those yeah. sorts of yeah. uh, attributes. Even like freedom, maybe independence. Mm. So these brands also attract customers who want those things. So people who are feeling, you know, restless or bored and craving those types of, you know, travel or outdoors experiences are going to be attracted to these brands. Yeah, looking for that next escape or next adventure, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's not necessarily one type of person either because we all have those moments where we think about getting away um, and there's, I suppose, points in our lives as well where, um, you know, our lifestyle changes and maybe we crave those experiences more. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think in my early 20s, early 20s, like right out of high school, maybe yeah. you're more leaning that way. Yeah. Or like maybe our parents' age into retirement, travel around Australia in a caravan, you know, maybe go on an adventure. Yeah, right. So on the opposite end of the spectrum as well, there are moments in our lives where we're genuinely happy being at home, in comfort and in control. Um, you know, maybe when you're looking to build a family, you're kind of settling down. And I think we often seek out brands whose personality attributes we have ourselves or we want to have. Yeah. So at the same time, uh, we're repelled from brands who we don't feel connected to or that we wanted to find ourselves in opposition to. 
okay, so how do we go about working out our brand personality? I suppose, you know, if you're a personal brand like an influencer or solopreneur, your own personality is going to be your brand personality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be, but it often is. Yeah. So building those connections uh, is a matter of just really being yourself. But if your brand is built around, is not built around one core person, it can be a lot harder to pinpoint your personality, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, imagine the scenario that you're setting up two friends on a blind date and inevitably, you know, one or both are going to ask the question, you know, what do they like and what do they do? Yeah, generally you just start listing off traits about them. They're funny or kind. Yeah, maybe even outdoorsy or, you know, yeah. like tall and dark and handsome or whatever the character That's in my case. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but words probably aren't quite enough to describe them, right? Because people probably make you feel a particular way. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard to just epitomize them in a set of attributes, right? Mm. Um, so then you might start to say, oh, they're a bit like, you know, X, Y, Z person, you know, they're a bit like Hugh Jackman mixed with Zach In my Alphanak case again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you might compare them to, I mean, maybe not a celebrity, but maybe someone else that you know, you know, they're just exactly like Ben from down the road or whatever, right? Just side note, how good is Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Um, such a such a gentleman. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I guess the same principle applies to when you're um, trying to create your own brand personality. You're, yeah. you're looking for those words. Yeah. And attributes. Yeah, because I suppose that's how our brains work. We're always looking to our past experiences to kind of understand our present. So instead of just picking random traits that we like, we use archetypes. And uh, archetypes are essentially recognizable characters that we see over and over again throughout our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And we often see them all the time in things like movies and books because writers often use archetypes or a combination of them in their character development. And they do this because they want to tap into the motivations, the fears and desires that are familiar to all of us. Yeah. So there are 12 archetypes and each have their own set of qualities. And by leaning into, you know, one or two of these archetypes, it's a lot easier for people to understand and connect with your brand personality. Yeah. And I would argue it's easier, easy for your team to as well, because everyone is on the same page and understands what these archetype characters should be. Yeah. So... Let's take some time now and run through each of the archetypes. Sure. Uh, so the archetypes, there's 12 of them uh-huh. and they can be divided into four groups and each group has a different overarching theme to them. Mm-hmm. So the four big themes are freedom, mastery, connection and stability. Yes. Uh, so we're going to cover the first two groups in this episode. And as I mentioned, because we want to keep these episodes relatively short, um, we're going to cover the second two groups in the next episode. So for each one, like I said, we're going to give a breakdown of its qualities as well as some brands who show up as that archetype. And we'll also share some common industries that they're found in and maybe some key characteristics of their customers. Okay, great. So as you listen to these, I invite you to think about the qualities of your own brand and which kind of archetypes might best suit you. All right, so let's jump into the first one. The first group theme is called freedom, and these archetypes all help their customers to achieve independence. Yes. So first up, we have the innocent, and innocent brands are all about simplicity, purity, honesty, and optimism, and really helping people feel happy and at ease. Mm. Um, They're often associated with nostalgia as well. So you'll see brands like Coke, um, 
Nudie, Everlane, Sunny Life, Sunday Supply Co. These are all innocent brands. So if you're an innocent brand, you might often speak about uncomplicating things or going back to basics. Uh, You might sell, you know, good times or happy moments and your offer is probably quite a simple one without any hidden agenda. Okay. Um, So customers who are attracted to these brands are quite often looking for ways to be better, more wholesome, to do things the right way, uh, and sometimes even to portray, you know, a bit of a perfect image. Uh, so that, you know, they're trying to have the perfect house, family, uh, body, whatever. Uh, so they're attracted to really positive ideas and simple nostalgic imagery. Mm. Uh, and they really often dislike complaining or dwelling on problems. Um, and so innocent brands are typically found in the health and wellness space, uh, some fashion and beauty, uh, a lot of cleaning products and uh and sometimes, you know, even things like, um, you know, like Kleenex with the puppy, <laughs> those sorts of things, yeah. little ducklings, anything that's kind of like quite cutesy is usually innocent, uh, an innocent brand. Yeah. And, um, you know, often baked goods or breakfast foods as well. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it, as soon as you were talking about Coca-Cola and that sort of thing, I'm just thinking that ad- advertising is very much, you know, carefree, like happy. Yeah. Um, it's so, more about the feeling. Yeah, it's often that nostalgic kind of, summer moments and things yeah. like that that really kind of hook you in and you feel mm. like oh I want that and even though you're probably sitting there drinking a can of coke on the couch or something <laughs> yeah. it's not quite the same be watching some guy on tv do it with a ripped body but yeah it's uh it's it's those kinds of moments and, and nostalgic imagery cool. okay so, so who do we have next yeah so next up we have the explorer so these are brands like gopro jeep lush and patagonia they're all explorer brands and they're independent, pioneering, and genuine. And they're really all about helping people discover themselves and helping them live authentically. So I think if you're an explorer brand, you might help your customers be more adventurous, stepping, helping them step out of their comfort zone and escape their daily routine. And typical explorer industries are travel experiences, outdoor apparel, and extreme sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love these uh, brands. I think that it might even, um, you know, that independent, you know, pioneering, finding yourself um, really, those brands really hit those uh, people in their youth, really. And then yeah. again, like we were talking about before, the ones um, who are like maybe heading into their older age and ready for that resurgence of travel and adventure and finding yourself again. Mm. And even um, people who go through, you might even have moments in your life where you go through a major change, like, um, you know, go through Identity a divorce or, or yeah. Yeah, divorce or a midlife crisis or, you know, those sorts of things. And you go back to find yourself. Mm. That's all um, kind of the Explorer brand. And, um, you know, often people associate that with travel as well now. So it's an interesting one. So what do we got next? Yes. So the last one in the freedom category is the Sage. Uh, so this is brands like Google, uh, Seed Probiotics, Ritual, Oprah, uh, and the BBC. These are all Sage brands. And these brands really exist to help people better understand the world around them. So if you're a Sage brand, your customer might seek you out because you help them to make smarter, better educated decisions, uh, or because you present information on a topic in a way that's unbiased. Um, One that keeps popping up for me whenever I think of this is uh, Choice Magazine, um, my dad Your dad's favourite. <laughs> yeah, dad subscribes <laughs> to Choice Magazine because… You can't buy an electronic good without looking there. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he's really instilled in me, you know, make sure you do your research before you 
you buy anything and they really do present, you know, um, their own independent studies on certain goods and services and things like that. So um, that's a typical Sage brand. So your customers, if you're a Sage brand, are likely to be quite intelligent. They're probably lifelong learners uh, and they're probably also quite skeptical. Um, so they want to feel smart and in control of their decisions. Uh, and so anything that you can do to help them feel in control of their decisions and give them all the information they need to make their choice, um, they'll probably be quite receptive to that. Mm. So typical Sage industries are news outlets, bookstores, museums, and uh, a lot of things in the health and medical space as well. Mm. Cool. Yeah, so. interesting. So I guess let's move on to the next uh group the theme yes uh, and that's going to be mastery mm-hmm. uh, so they, their objective objective is helping people find achievement legacy and confidence mm-hmm. so in this group we have the hero the rebel and the magician now the hero wants to make the world a better place it's that superhero mentality they're here to save the day they're confident motivational and direct and the classic hero brand is nike but it also includes brands like the Army, BMW, the Olympics, and the Red Cross. So, I mean, if you're a hero brand, you can you can either save the day for your customers and make them look like a hero, or show your customers that they have the strength, courage, and commitment to save the day themselves. Uh-huh. You might be driven by a challenge and value things like focus and the ability to make tough choices when they count. So ultimately, you're here to help people reach their full potential. And typical hero industries are, you know, sportswear. Uh, you often see it a lot in tradies like locksmith, plumbers, etc. Um, especially the 24-hour car um, car mechanics and locksmiths. Uh, and you also see it in, um, you know, donation associations, people that are… Philanthropic associations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's an interesting one. Yeah, and um, one of the brands that we recently, fairly recently finished, um, the Bright Side Agency really fell into this hero archetype and mm. it was really fun to, uh, you know, really get quite bold with it. And, Lean into it, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to one of the staff members the other day and he was just saying how having that framework or having their whole brand in general, I suppose, but having that really helped him to understand, you know, how he was supposed to show up. Uh, every day at work and, yeah. and in meetings and things like that. So um, it's a really cool uh, way to kind of, I suppose, understand your brand personality, having this archetype. Mm. Um, okay. Sorry. Side tangent there. Yeah. So let's <laughs> chat about the next one. Yes. So next up we have the Rebel. Um, these are the brands that are challenging the status quo and they're really ready to stir up change. So these are the really candid, edgy, bold brands. Um, and, you know, they're brands like Madonna, um, maybe back in the day when she was quite um, disruptive, I suppose. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got Harley Davidson, you've got Greenpeace, Virgin, MTV. Um, these all lean into the rebel archetype. And rebel brands really deliberately position themselves in opposition to the mainstream. And they attract customers who have a desire for freedom um, or are just drawn to that thrill of non-conformity. And we talked before about, you know, people hitting a midlife crisis. Well, maybe, you know, that's the <laughs> point where they, you know, buy the Harley. <laughs> yeah, they could go rebel, couldn't they? Yeah, and I suppose it's just like I just want to do something, you know, especially if they're the kind of person who, you know, has had a corporate job their whole life and has been like towing the line and just really doing all the right things their whole life. This is kind of the archetype they might lean into if they're just like, screw it all. like Let your head down. Let's exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so 
Rebel customers um, may feel like outsiders or maybe they just feel disconnected from society's current norms. Um, maybe they, you know, didn't, uh, weren't a rebel to kind of begin with, but then there's like new laws or regulations or um, just, you know, th- um, themes in society that they just really disagree with now and they've kind of want to position mm. themselves in that kind of rebel um, in, in opposition to it, I suppose. And what type of industries are these typically found in? Yes. So um, we have alcohol, anything that's really a bit rebellious, um, yeah. alcohol, tools, uh, sometimes, you know, your hardware yeah. tools. Yeah. Um, sometimes apparel and music is a big one. You know, you have a lot mm. of that like punk. The punk kind. genre. Yeah. And then cars and motorcycles as well. So, um, yeah, there's a few different ones there as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who have we got up next? Okay. So the last archetype in the mastery group is the magician. One of your favorites, Lisa. Yes. And these guys are known for their transformational experiences and rituals to make the impossible seem possible. And magician brands are known for their creative, imaginative, and magnetic personality. And these can be brands, for example, like Dyson, uh, I think TEDx, Disney is a classic one. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've also got MasterCard. Um, Help me out here. Energizer is one as well. The Energizer, yeah. And um, also a classic from Harry Potter, Dumbledore. I know he's a character, but he kind of really epitomizes the magician. He's basically it. Yeah, 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 exactly. He is the magician, quite literally. (laughs) And magician brands, I guess, they seek to create um, mutually beneficial outcomes for the customers. Um, So helping them to redefine their beliefs and see things differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can often help customers uh, realize their purpose and focus their attention where it matters most. And typical industries you might find the magician archetype would include, uh, you know, entertainment, entrepreneurship, uh, and any kind of coach or trainer, right? Yeah, exactly. It's really those, um, yeah, those transformational ones. I'm seeing a lot of them as well in that kind of spiritual space, like, um, you know, like manifestation and things like that, where it's really that it is a transformational experience but they also have a lot of like even, um, you know, human design and um, and those kinds of areas, um, they really have their own language and it kind of adds to the mystery of the magician. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think a lot of um, new age kind of spiritual brands are really fitting into that magician archetype. It's quite interesting to kind of look at. Mm. Okay, so we're going to leave it there for today. And we actually have six more brand personality types to break down for you. And we'll do that in next week's episode, which is going to be part two of this deep dive into brand personality. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe for the episode dropping next week. We'll see you next time.